Our name is Sword and Laser, whether it's read sober or ripped. Podcast, Goodreads, Discord, patreon.com slash sword and laser. Subscribe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and, of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. What does it say that when we get to our what are we nomming section, lately you're drinking something cool and I'm stuffing my face? I'm literally drinking box wine. What, how is that cool? <laughs> well, because it says rosé in the dock. So I'm like, oh, fancy well, summer wine. It's rosé in a box. I mean, it's really... You spelled it only Basque. Link, well, <laughs> that's <laughs> no. how we pronounce it in British Columbia. <laughs> is that how you spell Basque box? Wine. Basque wine. Basque wine. Basque wine. Uh, no, it's, it's Basque. The brand is Basque. But not um, like... QE, not like the Basque no, country. No, 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 no. B A S K. Mm. And it's sugar free or no added sugar, at least. No okay. Rose. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you took all the sugars out, you wouldn't have any alcohol. Yeah, that would be confusing. <laughs> um, that would be weird. I did, though, I have to tell you, this this made me crack up. I bought um Ryan, my husband, prefers beer, but he doesn't like IPAs. He doesn't like anything hoppy. And See, so I usually get Ryan him. And I have similar drinking taste. Do you? Yeah, I'm the same See, way. I have almost no problem with any type of beer. I like, love I'm a beer. I'm pretty chill but with IPA, all beers. I'm like, nah. It's an acquired taste for sure. Oh, I um, used to like it more. I just got tired of it, I think. Well, when you move to the Pacific Northwest, you're actually required to do a a, mm. a beer test. Yeah. And if you don't rate all the IPAs very highly, <laughs> they then they actually in. kick you out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um so no, but I, I was like, okay, so I'm going to get him like maybe a blonde or maybe yeah. like something like a Hefeweizen. And so I saw something that was like a, it looked like a German light beer, not hoppy. And so I picked it up and I, I, I gave him one the other night and he was like, why did you buy gluten-free beer? And I was like, what? It's not gluten-free. And he was like, did you read the name <laughs> of the beer? <laughs> and it's, it's name is gluten talk (laughs) (laughs) that was just like i didn't pay enough attention to it to like get the pun yeah and so i thought it was just like i read everything else on the label except that it had gluten all over yeah i just thought it was like a german lager yep yep (laughs) it's fine hilarious it's fine he was like it's 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 written really big on the label because gluten free <laughs> and i was like i just saw the gluten talk i saw the fancy german script yeah i was like that's all, yeah that's all you need yeah so uh, i'm not drinking that tonight i ate a cookie that could feed a family of four for a week that's what i a had cake. today a cake a cookie a cookie cookie a, cookie. a levain's cookie from the levain's bakery uh Famous for their bakeries in New York, but they opened one in Los Angeles now. Nice. And it turns out. What kind out, of cookie was it? It was chocolate chip. Ooh. Uh, when your wife is coming back from the salon and the 405 has a lot of traffic, it makes sense to detour 
through Larchmont and stop and buy both of us Levain's cookies. That's just the way the world works. That's how you do. Mm-hmm. That's how you do. Um, so was it like a, like a, like a, you know, those Annie's cookies that used to get at the mall that were like the size of a dinner plate. Was it like that? It's not wide. It's was it like an early nineties cookie? It's, um, it's thick. So it's yeah. like a pie. So, so if you look at levainbakery.com, you'll see it's, it's just the mound of cookie. Oh, and it's very dense okay. and full of chocolate. I can order it in Canada. Oh, you can. That's great. Holy moly. Holy moly. Yeah. Wait, one cookie for $29? That can't be right. Oh, it's a four pack. Okay. I was going to say, that's no, a lot that, that is money. not, that is too much. <laughs> I could buy a 12 pack with free shipping for 79. Unclear if this is Canadian dollars or Ooh, American dollars. That makes a big difference. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Are they uh, mushy inside? Are they soft inside? The chocolate is all melted. Ooh. And there's so much chocolate that I can't properly answer that question in relation to the dough. But yes, it's mushy inside. It may just be because like, there's so much melted chocolate. Is it slightly undercooked? This is important. I, I don't, like I said, I could. I can't really tell you. It's crispy on the outside and soft on the inside though. All right. I like my cookies like slightly undercooked. Mm, I think you'll be happy with this because there'll be so much chocolate. You won't think like skirting the line of salmonella. Yeah. Like dancing on that line of danger. This will be as if that were the case. Dancing on the line of danger. Remember Mm. that as a show title, please. Dancing on the line of danger. So yeah, they have them all over New York. Uh, There's a couple like in Maryland and Georgetown. Uh, but the big, the big move, actually, there's one in Boston too. The big move is Los Angeles and Chicago. They've got one in the West loop in Chicago and one in Larchmont. Nice. Larchmont is very fancy too. So this is the third or second time you've mentioned Larchmont in the last hour that we've been chatting. And I need to understand, I don't know anything about this place. Larchmont is where the people who are rich enough to live in Beverly Hills, but are from New York, go to live. The people who are rich enough to move to Beverly Hills, but are from New York. But they're like, I don't want to be in a not neighborhood. I see. So it's like very fancy houses, very expensive Mm -hmm. houses, but a nice little walkable neighborhood full of cute, expensive stores. Oh, that sounds very lovely. Yeah. Um, Very gentrific. Gentrific. I think Larchmont has always been that way too. Okay. So if so you move not, in, you're used, just gentrifying like, oh, other Larchmont rich white people. Like, it's not like Brooklyn where it's like, it used to be a rough working class. I think it's like always been, if anything, it's come down to accessibility where like they, they won't look at I you see. weird for wearing jeans, that kind of place. Okay. <laughs> All right. We have gone way down the rabbit hole yeah, of no not kidding. science fiction and fantasy. Um, should we jump into the quick burns? Let's do. Thanks to Chris K uh, for letting us know that the 2023 Locus Award winners were announced. That's all Chris said in the post. Uh, <laughs> but we can click through the link. Uh, Kaiju Preservation Society won the science fiction novel a prize, and Babel by R.F. Kuang won the fantasy novel. Uh, there's a horror novel for Locus as well. Ooh. And What Moves the Dead by Tink Kingfisher won that. Oh, I am on a T. Kingfisher kick. Let me tell you, I have read Fisher. 
Mm. No. Mm-mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Take it. I take it back. Um, I'm reading the uh, <laughs> Saint of Steel series right now. I'm on the third book. Okay. I've powered through those. I also got uh, her new book, an arc of her new book that I haven't read yet. Um, so I'm excited about that one as well. Yeah, everything I've loved. I've loved everything by T. Kingfisher yet. And I, I got that sense after we read that first novel. And now I'm just like, okay, all my spare cycles are, are going, going to, to yeah. back catalog. And I would read a horror book by T. Kingfisher as well. And so you can. Very intriguing. I. I, that was me with Martha Wells when I finally mm-hmm. encountered Murderbot too late. Uh, I was very late to Murderbot. But once I encountered Murderbot, it was like, yes, I must read all the Martha Wells. Yeah, I think I think she's my new favorite writer for the time being T. for King right Fisher. now. My my yeah, T, I love Martha Wells as well. Like sure, definitely sure, sure. very, very high on my list. Um, but yeah, T T Kingfisher is is my current fave at the moment for for what I'm what I'm vibing on at the moment, at the moment, at the moment, at the moment. Keep saying that. So there were interesting. Well, this was a lot of great picks in here. Um, of course, they were because they were the Locus Award nominees. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to. I mean, I I had a feeling Babel was going to be high up there just because that one's had so many accolades and and people are really talking about it a lot. Um, and then I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we read or didn't read. Um, Tamsin Mirror for Nona the Ninth, um, which was a good one. Was nominated, I think. right? Didn't was nominated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we covered the nominations previously, didn't didn't we not? Yeah, I, I suppose we did. Yes. Oh, and Charlie Jane Anders won for young adult novel with uh, Dreams Bigger Than Heartbreak, oh, which fantastic. I believe was the sequel, um, a sequel to. Oh, oh God, I can't remember the name. Chat room, help me. What was the first novel in that series? Uh, something greater than death. Something skirting on the edge of danger. Uh, hold on, I'm almost there. The I'm almost, victory's greater than death. Victory's greater than death. I was so close. Chat room, you failed me. You failed me. Um, Spell says the first teaser for the Netflix version of Three Body Problem uh, is out with the series starting January 2024. Holy moly, this trailer is pretty wild. I mean, they are really going all out for the the fantastical elements of this book. Like, if you thought they couldn't make this book into a show, guess what? They're doing all the things. <laughs> I think there's things that are beyond the first book even. Oh, really? I know. So I didn't some read stuff the full in here series. Was like, so. It's been a while since we read it or since I read it. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, there was some stuff in here that I was like, I don't remember that. Is that in the book? Did they add that? Oh, was really? that a flashback in the later books? Like, yeah. So looks good. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I I think it looks awesome. I'm, I'm hoping. I honestly... I, I feel like I am in the small minority of those who found the book somewhat incomprehensible to the point where I don't know if I enjoyed it. Um, and I don't know if this was a, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of crap for this. Um, I, I think I like the fact that I read it more than I actually enjoyed reading it. Hmm. That's a thing. That's a thing that happens yeah. where you're like, mm-hmm. didn't enjoy the process of reading it, but now that I'm done, I, it, it has enriched me or I think about it a lot, that kind of thing. Yeah. I've had that happen. Elizabeth, Elizabeth feels the same. So I feel, I feel, I feel good about that. Um, 
I feel good about it. One person in the on the internet agreed with me. Therefore, my feelings are valid. Um, <laughs> That's all it takes. I, I still I still recommend it to people though too because I I um I think it's a it's it's an excellent book and a worthwhile read and you know culturally significant to not only the genre but also to literature. Um, and also very meaningful in its, in its story, um, and the things that it's conveying with regards to the cultural revolution and how, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's great in that regard. And I think the translation was very well done. Interestingly, I've seen a lot of criticism of the translation online, um, which I obviously do not feel qualified to, to comment on because I haven't have read it in the seen, original This is text. an important question in this day and age. Have you seen criticism of that translation from sources you know and trust or just no. from people? No. Yeah. And I think I'm biased as well because I really like Ken Liu. So that's that's also like I have almost a hard sure, time believing but that, if you're but not also saying, not qualified. If, you, if you're not seeing the criticism from somebody who's <laughs> yeah. like, ooh, that's a, I don't really know that person, but that's a respected name. That's different than randos are saying it's bad. I don't know if they know what they're talking about or not. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I think we need to get into this headspace. That doesn't mean they're wrong, but it doesn't mean they're right. We need that. We need to have that sort of, you know, uh, Schrodinger's cat situation for people you don't know and not assume like, I must be wrong because I like Ken Liu. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they're sock puppets of the communist party who mm, didn't like Ken mm, Liu's translation. Mm-hmm, who knows? Mm-hmm, Maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're totally right. All of those things. God, you true. always have, you always have the perspective I need merit. You've oh, always got that. You're so well-rounded. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I am getting rounder. You're a good rounder. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That feels weird and sexual somehow. No, but yeah, it just that's means not, I'm getting that's not what I'm going for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tom, if anything, you have gotten significantly less, <laughs> round i'm not you were never fat you were never fat but you have like (laughs) slimmed down significantly in the years that i have known you maybe so it's because you know podcasting just chips away at your life force i think that's what it is it just drains it drains it out of you cruxes like i do sure yeah there you go (laughs) all the evil magic you know it's just like takes a lot out of you anyway Speaking of Elizabeth, who just had your back, Elizabeth Mm -hmm. wrote that Amazon Original Stories is publishing six short stories by some big names, including James S.A. Corey, Veronica Roth, Rebecca Roanhorse, Anne Leckie, Nettie Orkorafor, John Scalzi, and they will be available to Amazon Prime and Kindle Unlimited subscribers as part of their subscriptions and available to purchase on Kindle and Audible for everybody else. Those are now available, and uh, we'll have a link to Scalzi's announcement about it in the show notes. Nice. Oh man. Okay. So you do you have to be do you have to be a Kindle Unlimited member, or do you just have to be a Prime member? Uh, Can you be a Kindle Unlimited? Amazon Prime and meaning like if you're Kindle Unlimited but not Prime, you get it. If you're Prime, you also get it. Oh, I got it. Oh, no, I can only buy it for ninety nine cents. Wait. I'm confused. If you are not, you purchase it for a dollar ninety nine. This is okay. It looks like I can get the audiobook for free. What? This is so weird. Because um, this is not important to anyone else. It shows Kindle zero dollars with Prime Audio. Read with our free app. Or it says audiobook one credit. 
But if They'll I want to click on it. They'll let you purchase it, even if you have it as part of Prime. Maybe I don't. Oh, I don't think I have Prime. Oh, maybe do you I don't not have Prime. Prime anymore? No, I do have Prime. I'm so confused. I don't know how is this working. I'll figure it out later. I have 99 cents. Yeah, it might be my, you're right. It might be because I'm looking at it from Canada, but I'm looking at my American account. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I'm confusing it. Let me. I have to go on VPN and then I can download it <laughs> with my American account. Slow time between the stars. Slow time between the stars. And I can't go on VPN now because, and now a yeah, word from your VPN. I Prime and it's $0, <laughs> both Kindle and that. And it's $1.99 if it wasn't $0, not 99 So yours is, has to do with not being in the U.S. Yeah. Or I don't have Prime anymore on my U.S. account because why would I need Prime when I don't live in the U.S.? I think that might be what it is. I think I have Prime in Canada and not Prime in the U.S. anymore. Got it. This is confusing. Okay. Anyway, I can afford 99 cents, so I'll support these authors anyway. Um, Trike says a book collecting Ian M. Banks drawings for the culture series will be published November 7th. He says, I had no idea this was a thing he did. I love these behind the scenes world building books. Sweet. Uh, my, my husband is, he has burned through all of the culture novels. Hmm. I don't know. This is unusual for Ryan. My husband, he is not a, a huge sci-fi reader. Um, but once in a while he gets into it, like he loved Bobaverse, he loved, he loved the expanse. He loves like, and he just decided to read the whole culture series. Um, so I'm going to, maybe I should get this for him for his birthday. Oh, I'm going to get this for him for his birthday. That's a good idea. These are, these are like sketches. So when you, when you think drawings, think like diagrams of ships and things like that. It looks really, really cool. Oh, it's so cool. Okay. I'm going to order now. All right. While you do that. I'll tell them about Jan's post from Locust Mag. Uh, okay. Jan let us know that the 2022 Kitchies winners have been announced for the prize for the year's most progressive, intelligent, and it's an entertaining fiction that contain elements of the speculative or fantastic. That's the Kitchies. The Red Tentacle for Best Novel went to The Last Blade Priest by W.P. Wiles, and The Golden Tentacle for Best Debut Novel went to Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfeld. Very cool. Oh, I've heard excellent things on Book Talk about Our Wives Under the Sea. Oh, yeah. Um, so that is that is definitely on my list. Yeah, it's supposed to be excellent and very interesting. Um, I believe it is a story of a woman who's, um, what happens? I don't know how much is spoiler. She gets I think this married is to book people who live under the sea. No, her, her <laughs> wife, her wife either is in like a ship accident or okay. crashes somewhere and comes back like a little bit different uh, and the book stories about like what happened okay. to her, mm-hmm. like what affected her. Yeah. yeah. So this is like when your wife goes off to a conference and then comes back and it's just different. Just a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. So that's, that's very cool. Uh, Jan says, um, nope, we read that already. Chirp Kristen and Zomino says Felicia Day apparently has a new Audible original coming out that is also apparently like a comedic ode to fantasy. Um, it'll be narrated by Neil Gaiman. Guess I'll be checking that one out, says both of them, I guess, because it didn't say which well, one said they'll be checking it out. One posted on Discord and the other posted on Goodreads, so this is kind of mm-hmm. a com- they're They're getting dual credit. 
Very cool. Yeah, I saw this announcement on the Tiki Takis. Um, so this is cool. Apparently she's been, apparently she's been working on this for like years, like five years. Wow. Um, according to her Instagram and it's an audible original. So you can, uh, it tells the story of Laurel, a chosen one wizard still grappling with the fallout of failing a decade earlier and her fight with the ultimate evil Tybus. Oh, very cool. And narrated by Neil Gaiman. Well done. Yeah. Good stuff. Tons of people, you know, and recognize Sean Astin, Will Wheaton, um, lots of people are are in this in this book, so definitely check this one out. It should be fun. Uh, Mayor wrote that the U.S. Library of Congress announced the speakers for this year's National Book Festival in the District of Columbia. John Scalzi will be one of them, as will Umbrella Academy's Elliot Page with his memoir. Uh, all the talks will be recorded and posted to the library's digital collection for on-demand access, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. You know, I think Scalzi should start paying us. We talk about him too much on the show. Mm, I want to kick back. How much should we charge him per mention, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or if he doesn't pay us, we just start confusing him with other successful authors. Oh, I like that. You know, like, oh, Scalzi, he wrote wool, right? Stuff like that. <laughs> Okay. All right. I like it. This is the new meme. I don't know this how he's going to feel about it. that, frankly. But no, but we just like, we'll mess we'll, him. We'll, we'll confuse him for everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm 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 putting that in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that in my head. I like that idea. Oh, I really um, like Mars by Scalzi. It was really good. By the way, can I just say that I am like obsessed with Umbrella Academy? Oh, really? Like I loved that show. I need to watch it. I had never watched it. You've never watched it? Mm-mm. Oh, I definitely, it was one of my like binge shows. Like I obsessively watched that when it was out, although I don't have Netflix anymore. So I'm going to have to get Netflix again. Yeah. I'm already, it's, it's almost Witcher time. So Witcher time is in another 20 days, 20, 22 Wait, days. I thought it was already out. I thought it comes out July 27th. 22 days until the next one. Like it's in two parts. <gasps> it's already out. First part is, is it out. already out. Yeah. 22 oh days you'll get to watch all of the next season. <gasps> it's out. Oh but my goodness. Half the season already came. Half the season's already out? Yep. <laughs> and it's the last with Henry. <laughs> so sad. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. What are they going to do? Liam Hemsworth is taking over. But oh, I don't I know, know but how they're going to handle Geralt, that. Or is he going to yeah, be a different? He's, he's going to be Gerald. Is he going to be young? Maybe he's going to be young Gerald. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to handle it. I don't know if what they're what they're planning. Is it going to be a flashback prequel? Uh, body a possession, prequel. just just like days of our lives. It and don't even <laughs> pretend. Just just don't always even mention it. Yeah. just move on. Yeah, I have no just idea what like, they're going to do. Like bewitched. Yeah, just like a new. Yeah, it's new always Darren. been Darren. What are you talking about? Yeah. Why do we know that we're so old? That's uh, the internet for you. And Tomahome says bewitched it. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> Listeners of a certain age will understand the Darren Bewitched reference. Um, all right. Yeah, man. Man, oh, man. Um, where was I? You were at Tamahome. Where was I? Tamahome says an article about Samuel Delaney in The New Yorker let slip this little tidbit, quote, while Neil Gaiman, who is adapt- adapting Delaney's classic space adventure, Nova, 1968, as a series for Amazon. What? Mm-hmm. He's doing what? While also narrating Felicia's audiobook and Sandman and everything and, and Good, Omens, Good Omens season two. He's adapting Samuel Delaney's Nova for Amazon? Apparently. This is, we are in a renaissance of, of 
sci-fi and fantasy. I, I strongly I feel believe like, we're like on this the, is we're, the, we're at, we're at the top of that roller coaster though. Cause everybody's oh. starting to cut their budgets. So are we and, about to get into the trough of disillusionment? I feel like we're about to start heading, heading down. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So we should enjoy these <laughs> waning days. <laughs> these, these heady halcyon days yeah. of, of good television while yeah. they last. Cause every, everybody's cutting their Silo. budgets and we've got the writer's strike and it's just going to, Silo's it's all really going to come good. to it. I know. I really, I really, and it's I'm, from I'm, Apple, I mean, to who get is it. like never overspent on their TV. So they're like oh, not no. canceling a lot of things. They're just like, yeah, we'll just keep doing what we were doing. Wait, you said never overspent. I thought you were being sarcastic. They, they did not overspend on their TV the way others did. Like, it seems like they I overspent because they, they spent a lot, but they didn't they spend a lot of money, but they, they don't buy a lot. They didn't spend as much money as others. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would like to know like what shows, I feel like there's probably a thread about this on Goodreads, but maybe we can revise it or revisit it rather. Um, but what are, what are shows that had like a great first season sci-fi fantasy shows that didn't, didn't live on? Oh, uh, like Sense8. Yeah. That kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what, what people. No, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good, good ones. Uh, everyone's saying Firefly in the chat. Yes, I know. Fire. I meant like Firefly. a one. Was it only one season? It was only one season. Yeah. Sensei oh actually gosh. had two seasons. You're right. Firefly was literally like half a season. Three of the episodes didn't even air. Mm-hmm. It's so long ago that I feel like it was much longer than it actually was. But you're right. Because they had You're the right. movie too. So that makes you feel like there were more episodes or, or, or People like people are it was about a to have cowboy season. bebop fights in the chat now. Yeah. Cowboy bebop, the not. live action Netflix series only lasted one season, which you may or may not consider to be a sad thing. All right. All right. Well, thank you everyone for submitting uh, stories for the quick burns. You can do so by hopping over to our Goodreads thread or posting in our channel over on Discord. And now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Shwing! John Taloni uh, says, so much good news. We need a new name for Good News Tom. That was from a previous episode where Tom had a lot of good news to share. Um, so some options would be Gospel Tom, spreader of good news. Ooh, I like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good Omens Tom, the nice and accurate podcasteries of Thomas Merritt, host. Oh, I love that. That's great. That's a mouthful. Bit of a mouthful. Um, or some suggestions below, uh, including one from John Nevitz, who says, it's got merit. <laughs> that's horrible and wonderful at the but same I feel time. Like, I feel like that's not, that doesn't scream good news to me. That just screams like true news. Mm, it's got merit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's believable. But John says Tom would hate saying it and Veronica would laugh and groan a lot. So that makes it the winner. I, I do that anyway. But yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's not hard for me to do that. Mm. <laughs> it's got merit. I just like saying that. It feels like I want to like point my finger up into the air and <laughs> enthusiastically, you know, um, all right. This next, this next article, um, I feel like this is extremely polarizing. And so I want to, I want to say that up front. Mm. I, I don't typically like this kind of thread Okay. and uh, I, I kind of, I hate Reddit a little bit. I mm. hate Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounded weird. I don't hate Reddit. Mm. Um, though Reddit what is do doing some shady ass shit right now. Let me say. Mm. Um, but no, I, I, I like, hate, like I'm just trying to stop the bots. Veronica. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely all it is. 
Um, Phil it's not the says. IPO. Best and yeah, exactly. Definitely not IPO related at all. Um, best and worst club pick. Mmm, polarizing. Mmm, gonna make some people mad. People <sighs> yeah, I don't like. I don't like. Th- I don't like that premise of like worst pick. Not because there isn't a worst pick. By definition, there has to be a worst pick, right? There's there's one pick that isn't as good as all the others, but I don't like focusing on it. So because th- it causes people to bring their knives out. And, What's and, the worst pick and why was it brightness falls from the air? <laughs> wait, I thought it was, no, wait, I, uh, liked I thought it was memoirs found in a bathtub. No, that wasn't the worst one. Wait, brightness falls from the air. Wait, that wasn't spiders. Was it? Uh, wait, which one was brightness? brightness? Was that dogs? Was that space dogs? That was space dogs, right? That brightness falls from the air was the one uh, from the woman that some people accused of things and then <gasps> said she was. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't hate that one the most. Um, yes. James Tiptree Jr. Yeah, yes. Um, what was the one with the angry packs of mind melded um, space dogs? Angry you know, packs of mind melted space. You know the dogs that could yeah. talk to each other with their minds. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do, <laughs> but I don't remember that one. I don't. I don't the remember one. what 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 the name was. Vinge, Werner Vinge, Werner Vinge. Oh yeah, Vinge-y. yeah, that was Werner Vinge. Um, but what was the name of that book? I can't remember. Oh, Children of Time. <laughs> Coyote Brown says, were you going to cast shade on my boy, Children of Time? Um, yes. Oh, yes. I don't know if Coyote Brown realizes this, but Werner Vinge books are banned in British Columbia. Oh, man. Well, that's okay for me. Um, okay, so there's there's a lot of, lot of interesting thoughts here. Like, I feel like this was based on Phil saying, based on comments I've seen, Fourth Wing seems like it might be the most disliked club pick of all time. I do not buy that. Oh, so this is like, somebody said this is the least favorite and therefore let's talk about what, what was our least favorite and then also said most favorite favorite to make it less bad. I think what we would have to do if we wanted to be truly qualitative, qualitative and quantitative, both quantitative and qualitative about this would be to look at, to make a list, to make a Goodreads list of all the books we've read. And this probably exists like a bookshelf. And then, oh, maybe we might actually even have this. All right. So if we click on bookshelf and then if we sort by, oh, I can't sort by the overall rating of the book. That's interesting. But here's I don't the thing. have that here's the thing. data. I don't want to determine what the worst book was. I'm just looking at the numbers, Tom. I'm not, I don't Ryan, want to look at the I, numbers to determine that. When I yell at somebody, that. I call them Ryan. <laughs> That's telling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, just let me look at the data, Ryan. <laughs> I want to support what Trike wrote, which was, I don't want to harp on things I dislike. And looking at the Sword and Laser bookshelf, I see just as many four and five star ratings as there are one and two stars. So in the interest of balancing my karma and securing an invite to Shambhala, here are my faves. And Trike just wrote the ones he liked. And that started Boring. that started responses <laughs> of people talking about the ones they liked. I hate it. I hate it. Now I want to know. I, how do I see this? <laughs> All right. I'm going to do this later. I feel like I'm going to have to export things to if like spreadsheets. don't take action to fight this particular impulse that you're having right now, you're contributing to the problem. <sighs> 
this is the thing care. that everybody says they wish everyone else would stop, but then they don't want to stop it themselves. I don't care. I want to know by the numbers, which bad. is the lowest rated book pick. Somebody tell me. Okay. I'll, I'll do this on my own time. Um, anyway, there's a lot of interesting, interesting uh, comments here and that I thought were pretty funny. To the point of uh, Fourth Wing being the worst book pick, there is always a group, not even one person, who thinks every book that we read is the worst book we've ever picked. Oh, because for sure. we have a lot of people in the book club. And when you have that many people, everyone has different opinions. Somebody's going to be like, oh, I hate this book. And they're right. They do hate it. Uh, and for them, it is the worst pick, but it doesn't mean it is the worst pick for everyone. That's true. And I am going in here so I can rate fourth wing five stars. And also I am, um, uh, pew, pew, pew. Um, I'm reading a new book now in audiobook form, uh, that's not being counted here. Um, based on, I saw a book talk that was like, if you liked the fourth wing, mm. check out this other book that is even better. And it's like something shadows. And We're so gonna I started wrap reading up that fourth wing in a few moments. Should right. we kick off our July book first? Uh, yeah. Okay. Go for it. July's Do pick that. is Planetfall. What are you doing? Are you shopping? What are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> Do I look? <laughs> you looked like you were like, hold on. I just need to buy this. Just, One dark window. So I, I was recommended One Dark Window by Rachel Gillig. And it's oh, you were searching for the book extremely type. similar to Fourth Wing. So Tomahome, if you need a new book pick after enjoying Fourth Wing, you and me being the only people who liked it, um, Yes, the the uh, one dark window by Rachel Gillig is is very similar in vibes. Very similar in vibes. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Planetfall. I'm, you have my full attention. <laughs> Do I? Planetfall uh, by Emma Newman uh, is our book. It is a space book. Um, it is <laughs> somewhat highly praised. It is impossible for me to crib my notes from Sword and Laser's book briefing because uh, Safari decided to crash. All right. Uh, oh, Planetfall is about okay. a 3D printer engineer on a colony inhabited by a biomechanical alien structure called God's City. This book is very conceptual. Um, yes. It is very much in the in the sort of like uh, Delaney kind of uh, headspace of like lots of theories and thoughts and what's going on in someone's mind and past trauma. Uh, one of the things I've noticed from people discussing the whether to read this book, and none of this is spoilery, is that it involves mental illness. Um, mm -hmm. And there's quite a bit of psychological drama uh, quite a bit of uh, things from the past that happened affecting you in the future or the present. Um, there are some folks that I've been talking to in the discord who are saying, I can't read this or I started to read it and I found I couldn't read it and I had to stop. Uh, and I think that that is something that everyone should respect 
because Emma Newman actually did a very thoughtful trigger warning, which I mm-hmm. hesitate to even call a trigger warning mm-hmm. because this is how they should be done. It's not like you might get triggered, which is what trigger warning sounds like. Emma Newman said, this book really involves some pretty deep stuff. And it's going to be pretty painful to read for some people. If you've been through X kind of trauma or this kind of thing is not, you know, something you want to deal with right now, you're cool. Don't read my book. I'm fine with that. Um, th- th- I'm obviously paraphrasing, but that that's sort of the gist of it. Uh, and I thought that was really well done to say like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to deal with these themes. They're legit themes, but you may not be in a space where you can deal with those themes and I don't want to make right. you deal with them. So let me know, let, let you know right now. Uh, that said, I think there's also a strain in some of the things I've been seeing from people who aren't ill-equipped, who aren't uh, in a space where they can't deal with those themes right now, kind of implying that they like they shouldn't have been written about. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hmm. or or even short of they shouldn't have been written about saying like, oh, these are uncomfortable themes and I don't want to read it. And I think that I think it's important to make a difference. Uh, there is a trend I see of people saying, well, if this book deals with something uncomfortable, uh, I don't want to read it. And that's different than this book deals with something that is very difficult for me because of what I've gone through, who I am or what right. I'm dealing with. I 100% respect that. If it just makes you a little uncomfortable, I don't think that's great to avoid all books like that because you're going to work yourself into a a, a a soft chamber where you don't read anything that is going to challenge you and help you grow. It's challenging. Yeah. And yeah. it's up to you to decide if you are in a situation where it would be harmful for you to read something, or if you're just avoiding something that's a little difficult. And I'm not going to judge that for any single person. Uh, but I, I would encourage folks to say, don't avoid stuff just because it's hard uh, or just because it it has some stuff that's uncomfortable, that that's how we learn about humanity and how we grow. Um, so if if it's if it's damaging to you, that's different. Avoid that. Do not for- force yourself into something bad. If it's just I I you know challenging or or uncomfortable, think about it twice. Uh, and and it may be worth the discomfort because of how it makes you think and how it makes you understand specifically things about mental illness, which are uncomfortable to read about. But if you re- go, if you push through this and read the book, you may come out with a perspective that helps you understand other people better. Yeah. Oh, that's so well put. You did a really good job explaining that. Thank you. Yeah. That was really great. Um, I agree with everything you just said. Um, no notes. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, anyway, Uh, alien structure. It's a mystery. We don't know why it's there. There's a mystery with why the colony is acting the way it did. There's a guy that kind of wanders in early in the book. You don't know where he came from. Lots of mysteries. An arc ship. An arc ship happened at one point. There's an arc ship. Lots of concepts. Um, I, this is interesting. This is why I look at my reading patterns to kind of double check me. Cause if you asked me, are you enjoying the book? I'd be like, yeah, it's all right. But Mm -hmm. you know, I also weeded a part of my front lawn that didn't really need weeding so I could listen to it. I listened to it as an audiobook on my drive to and from Bellevue uh-huh. um, last week. So that was like, now I have, whenever I do that and oh. I have a very, I have very specific like sensory memories yeah, yeah, yeah. about this book now. 
Um, that so that's, happens to that's me interesting. Too. I always think mm-hmm. of 1Q84 and jogging with Sawyer in the hills in San Rafael, California, because that's when I was listening to that book. Yeah. Tomahome asked, is it tricky as an audiobook? Um, no, I don't think it was tricky as an audiobook. I mm. didn't love um in terms of like the flashbacks yeah, and I stuff. So. That I did not find tricky. I did not love the uh narrator's uh like like masculine gendered voices mm. as much. Really? Oh, that's um interesting. So yeah, that wasn't that was a yes, and you're right, Tomahome, the author is the narrator. Um, and, and she does a fantastic job, I think, as being like, like Mary Robinette Cole status of, of like being a good narrator of your own, of your own books. It was just that one aspect. I was like, I found it a little bit distracting with at least one character. Um, but that's totally nitpicky me. Like, I don't think it took away from, from my enjoyment of the book at all. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a very different read from I think a lot of the books that we've read in the past. Um, I think Tom and I have both finished it now, which is funny. Uh, maybe one of the first times at the kickoff episode, both of us have finished the book uh, already. Um, but I think we'll have a lot to talk about at the wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Speaking of wrap ups, uh, it, it's a, it's already five days into July, but because of schedules, we never really did mm. a, a wrap up of fourth wing, uh, by Rebecca Yaros. Uh, we obviously know where Veronica stands <laughs> and her general opinion on it, but we're going to get a little bit spoilery here. Uh, so if you don't want to get spoiled on fourth wing, uh, you might want to avoid this. Uh, should we just get right into the, the first Terp Kristen thread? Yeah. So Terp wrote, um, I'm a huge fan. I think we're going to be fully spoilery. I think at this point, um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the main character clearly having, uh, uh, Ehlers-Donlos syndrome. Uh, this is a thing I have. Um, I'm sorry if I said that incorrectly, by the way, I hope I said it right. Um, this is a thing I have. And in my twenties, before I knew I had it, I was definitely trying to be a badass doing martial arts and playing soccer and training for marathons and whatnot. In my 40s, I'm paying for that, but this book makes me want to try at least martial arts again. Sorry for any of my doctors reading this. Um, apparently, Rebecca Yaros also has it, which was an inspiration. This is one of the first books that I've read with Sword and Laser that I can think of where I've seen a main character have such an obvious disability. Were there any other books that I'm either forgetting or otherwise may have skipped that have similar representation, not necessarily just physical issues? Um that's so, that's such, that's so, that's why representation is so important. Like, like just, it's, it's so meaningful to be able to see someone facing similar struggles or experiences that you've had like in a fictional book and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, even if not overcoming them, at least triumphing in their own ways, like, like in their lives and just like doing incredible things. Like, I think that's so, that's so powerful and and meaningful um, for all different kinds of experiences. And so what I loved yeah. about what Rebecca Yaros did was that didn't define the character. That was mm-hmm. an aspect of the character that was real and she had to deal with, but it wasn't the thing you, you know, it wasn't like, and this is the character with Ehlers. This, it was, it was like, oh yeah, also she has that. And that, so that's another thing she has to overcome amongst all these other obstacles, like people hating her and getting bonded to two dragons. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was a thing that was true about her. And I think that's important to be like, yeah, that does, that doesn't have to limit her. Right. 
And I think this is actually an interesting tie-in to Planetfall because the the, the protagonist in Planetfall also has a has a disorder. Um, well, different from a syndrome, but a uh, you know something that is is equally, I would say, affecting her life and her quality of life in in many ways and her relationships with people around her, especially as well. Um, so there there is some of that as, a, as an interesting tie-in between the two. Yeah, uh, there, there's a friend of mine uh, who is a big proponent of accessibility, runs an accessibility website, uh, and uh, he he was talking about how he doesn't like to be defined by being in a wheelchair, and he he likes to point out to people wearing glasses, he's like, I don't define you as a person wearing glasses, and they're like, well, that's not a dis. Oh wait, it's like, yeah, mm. it is, but for some reason, we that one's okay, right? that one has become yeah. acceptable. And it really, his point is like, yeah, they're, they're all like that. They're, they're yeah. varying effects on, on people's lives and how you work, but they don't define you. And well, that's, that's what Elizabeth points out and, and kind of checks me on uh, where she says for many of us with disability, it's not overcoming and it's not the only thing I am. It's just a thing. It's yeah. part of my life, like brown hair. And yeah, I think I, I think I probably, represented that poorly. I think what I'm trying to say is it's just, it's not just (sighs) the representation is the important part. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a part, it's a part of who that character is and allows someone like Terp Kristen to see themselves directly and allows other people to say like, well, I don't have that, but I've been through similar situations. Yeah. And I think it's pretty badass that you want to do martial arts again. Yeah, that's great. Terp. Uh, Terp, So go for it. Don't tell your doctors. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Uh, We won't tell them if you won't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Outside by Ada Hoffman. Tamahome uh, uh, mentioned that has sapphic autistic characters. You mentioned Planetfall, which I I think is uh, a really good example that a lot of people might not think of because it's a mental Mm -hmm. disability. Um, Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good stuff in here. And then John Taloni uh, jumps into another discussion, uh, fisticuffs. Oh, no, I just realized I didn't even make the connection between the fisting jokes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Here we go. We couldn't get, get through a fourth wing discussion. Okay. Yeah. So uh, w- what with the podcast and discussion on Discord? I haven't seen so much fisting since <laughs> Thomas Covenant. The blood guard and their oath, fist and faith, of course. What else? Bat's eyes innocently. So now that I'm done, I went looking through the book for instances of fisting. No, not that kind, you pervs. Anywhere there's four. Chapter three. It's narrowed golden eyes can see straight through me to the fear fisting my stomach. Chapter 22. Expert teasing. Ooh, okay. Hmm. Expert teasing strokes that have me clutching at his chest, fisting the material of his shirt to pull him closer as desire dances up. And John says, hey, this one has promise. Chapter 36, she reaches forward with her left hand, then flips it, fisting air. Chapter 37, striding for me with nothing but resolve in her eyes and fisting serrated green-tipped daggers. And I think you have to look, there's 25 other instances of the word fist. Um, There's a lot of fisted. I think fear fisted, my heart was one as well, um, was the first one that I came across. Um, So, yeah. So that's it. That's, that's the whole thread. I wasn't paying attention (laughs) to the whole thing, but what I got was John Taloni gives this book four fists. That's the rating. Oh, Mac Lurker actually found uh, the six places where fist is used as a verb, which is what I would have been looking Ah, for. So so chapter one, 
So yes, exactly. Exactly. The first one that I found as panic fists, my heart. And that one doesn't even make any I guess it like makes pun, sense. Like punches your heart. Panic punches. Yeah. Like a fist. Yeah. Yeah. I fist my hands. That That's the only one that really should be used. Mm. I put my hands into a fist. Yeah. I hit him yeah. with a fist. With a fist. Yep. Mm. Yep. Anywho. Thanks, John. <laughs> thanks for bringing it home. Um, I have to say, overall, I I did enjoy this novel. I'm sorry. I just did. Um, I thought it was. Why be sorry? Don't be sorry. There's no sorry in what right. you like. Right. Yeah. You liked it. I liked yeah. it, too. I enjoyed it. Um, I had fun with it. And I haven't read a Sexy Times novel in a long time. So that was that was fun for me to, you know, to to have that experience. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I uh-huh. actually fast forwarded through a couple of sex scenes. Was it like too intense? Because it was like too- I was out in public. And even yeah. though they couldn't hear, I was like, this just doesn't feel appropriate. I mean, I know what's going to happen. Doop, doop, doop. So, oh, let me just I know say, what it was. I, got, I was on a my, plane. I was on an airplane listening to it. And I was like, yeah, let's. Whatever. I watched Rome on an airplane on my oh, laptop yeah. no, I screen. Yeah. I just made sure there were no children around. Mm. Um, I did a lot of gardening listening to this audiobook. A lot of gardening. Found reasons to, to, to listen to it. Yeah. A lot of gardening. Just, yeah. It's really gardened a lot. You know, just out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. late work, into the evening, work in the land, work in the land. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm literally, I'm growing tomatoes. That's okay? what I that thought. Is not a I don't know what, yeah. <laughs> just a lot of tomatoes. Okay? 100% what I thought you meant. Um, Fruits of your garden. I don't remember anything else about the book at this point. I'm sorry. No, it was great. I, this <laughs> this book is more than sexy times. Uh, it has great sexy times. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but uh, and I don't mean to minimize that. But there's also a really interesting uh, young adult plot going on with the school. When I say young adult, I don't mean that as a as a as a pejorative. I mean like it's you know in people in school getting called to step up uh and put what they've learned to use before they really need to or should before they before uh, they yeah, yeah before they really come into their maturity. Yeah, right. Um and and um and a lot of uh I a love lot of the misdirection dragons. also great dragons yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the world of the dragons and how the dragons bond and how the dragons ha- are really the superior <laughs> society. Yeah. Um, and I loved how there is a twist to what you think is the mystery uh, that has you going through the disbelief and betrayal that she is feeling Um and, yeah, screw and, Dane. Am I right? And it really good. Well, both of them. At one point, you're like, wait, I think I hate all of them now. Like he lied, but maybe he lied for a good reason. I want him to have lied for a good reason. And then Dane is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. What's the? What's the? Gosh, now I can't remember. Uh, Zayden. Um, yeah. yeah. So Zayden. I, was I mean, like, it was no. so obviously like a enemies to lovers oh, storyline, like yeah. right away. You knew that um, part. That part was obvious. You're right. 
But he never even really tried to kill her. That was the funny thing. Like she was so convinced that he, she was, he was just going to like people were picking on the her. ending. I saw people picking on the ending of like, oh, so how would she trust him? I'm like, she doesn't. She doesn't trust him. She. I thought Zaros did or Yaros did a great job of showing that she would never do this except for the facts that she was shown. And she's still angry at Zayden uh, about it. That was Mm -hmm. believable. What is less believable is that Zayden was like, yeah, I totally wanted to kill you, but you were cute. So we did. (laughs) (laughs) I think he just like, I think, yeah. And then like them being tied together and like physically unable to be apart. Yeah. Like, that was so funny. Mm-hmm. But I like, I really liked the dragons. I, I thought that that aspect was cool. I liked the dragon bonding scenario. Um, I thought like the school that you can get murdered at was a little over the top, to be honest. Oh. Like it just seems like I understand they want to weed out like the, uh, the weak riders and stuff, I but like will defend could have been other that ways choice of doing that. and storytelling what? because Tell everybody's always like, what about the stakes? Like nobody, there's no real danger. And I think Rebecca Yaros is like, great. You want stakes? How about a school where they don't mind if you die? Like, let's just flip that thing on its head. And I love that. I thought okay. that was great. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they, those people could have been valuable in other roles. Like well, those other things. They if they'd been done. valuable, Veronica, they would have lived. And literally, like, as Tamahome says, why not just make saddles for everyone? Like, just like, like, make it like if the dragons need riders, be like, I know it's like beneath them to have saddles and seatbelts. But like, if they want to be successful and have like. Yeah. Uh, Easy for the humans to say. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Let's see you put a saddle on human. (sighs) I don't know. That's all I got. On that one. But like, it seems a little unfair that like you can just get killed in your sleep. Yeah. Life's not fair. You know, or just like push. And like the fact that they let that one dude live who just kept trying to like literally murder her all the time for no good reason. She like, should have murdered him. Nobody yeah. got in the way of that. Like, I, no teacher was like, okay, this guy's just like psychotic. Okay. Like he Shh. should not even be on a dragon. Like no. this guy is unwell. The the school is the school is set up to weed out. Like if, if he's that bad, somebody else will kill him. I think Zayden should have killed him, frankly. I know she wasn't going to because she is not a murderer, but but Zayden was. I mean he should have axed that guy early on. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah, there were there were some points that I was like, really? Really, guys? Like, I don't know. Could have. But also I enjoyed it. So maybe yeah. I should just shut up and just like <laughs> let it happen. You know, like this, this is not my book. I didn't write this book. Like I enjoyed the book still. Also, so I saw people like, oh, uh, gratuitous violence. I'm like, no, gratuitous violence is when you d- discuss at length the killing. These killings are all fade to black. Like, and then he was dead. And then they move on. Like. People were killed, but it was not gratuitous in the way it was described. And that wasn't like torture. Yeah. You know, it was just like violent wartime, war school, you know, apocalypse now style. I don't know. Whatever. Having gone to high school in the 80s, (laughs) I identified with this place, I guess. I think kids have it worse now, honestly. (laughs) Oh, God, no. Yeah, they don't. Oh, come on. Yeah. Like we didn't have social media. Like they are getting like mentally tortured. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. 
Tom, Tom is, is struggling with his inner, inner childhood demons. So we're going to move on from that topic. I just, I have, I have nothing to add. I'm sorry for your trauma. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a hard time. It was a hard time. It was, Kids, they have different struggles these days. They have different they struggles. They definitely have different struggles. I don't want to minimize their pain either. And there, is, there are struggles that are more difficult now than they were. Yes. But I think yes. on balance. On Mm, all right. I'm yeah. not good. Chat room is bringing up some good points about things that kids have to experience these days that we did not have to experience. Yeah. And there's lots of things so that, that. Uh, kids don't have to experience at all any day that happened every day back then. So mm. it becomes a conversation that nobody can win of like, mine was yeah. worse than yours. In my day, I got beat up six times before I even got to the bus stop. You know, yeah. they have metal detectors now. That's all I'm yeah, saying. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Didn't have those in my day. So you just kind of yeah. had to look out for it yourself. Well, as Coyote Brown says, they don't have to worry about nuclear annihilation as much as, as mm. much as we did back in our time. Granted. So there's that. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. All right. That's an episode of sword and laser. Took a weird turn at the end there. <laughs> it did. It but did. a murder school will do that to you. I suppose. Well, well put. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody. Um, our show <laughs> currently, yeah. Murder Hogwarts. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for Becky Arrows for giving us murder Hogwarts with dragons. That is the, I guess that's another title that we could potentially do and welcome Jane, the geek for co- attending their first live episode. Welcome to the chat. Um, and thank you to all our patrons. Uh, thank you so much to the folks who back our show. You can help support us by heading over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Our show is entirely funded by you through buying books through our links as well. If you're like, I can't do the patron, you could just <laughs> I buy say a- it's entirely funded by buying books through our show. It could be though. If you buy enough <laughs> books, I'm just saying, I mean, you may- okay. Yeah, might be over promising, but shoot high, <laughs> aim high, uh, find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Mastodon at swordandlaser. And you can join in on all the discussions at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser or over in our Discord. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.